Welcome into episode 105 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again for a little bit of a surprising uh, breaking news edition of the Sources Say Podcast, joined by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. First and foremost, Sean, how the heck are you? Well, our, our boy Lucas Witt got his wish, right? He tagged us saying it was time for an episode. I know. So, uh, he, he's, it, been, he's, been, he's been on us about, about getting him on the show, and I would love to get Lucas. He's the man. Uh, we're going to get him on later on this summer and, and uh, make, let him make his Source of State debut because he is as passionate about the Big Blue Nation as about anybody else out there. So, yeah, I, good, shout out you to asked him. Me, you asked me how I'm doing, though. I'd be doing much better if I was still a college athlete in the state of Kentucky. You know what? That's that's about as uh, about as important as anything that we've come across here in the last. I mean, this is the this week changed college sports forever, Sean. I mean, uh, so the NCAA kind of doing a little timeline of events. The NCAA earlier this week kind of um, laid out this template of okay. Uh, we understand that six states are going to be passing individual name, image, and likeness laws uh, set to go into effect starting July 1st. And I think they realized that they were up against the clock and they had to do something. And Mark Emmert uh, with the NCAA basically put out a memo that said, we're not going to be able to put it together anything permanent, but we are going to find a temporary measure in, in you know interim policy uh, that will allow uh, name, image, and likeness uh, opportunities for student athletes where they, you know, will be able to, you know, go make money off of, you know, going to public appearances, going to sign autographs, you know, putting their names on the back of jerseys and making t-shirts and things like that, uh, you know, that any other human being, that, uh, you know, walking the face of this earth is able to do, you know, kids their age range, if they have uh, their own little individual brand, they can go down the street and they can profit off their own name, image, and likeness. But uh, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do that in recent years. And the NCAA finally said, you know what, uh, it's very clear that we're, this is a losing battle for us. Uh, states are going against against us right now we have to act now and they decided to put forth uh it hasn't been officially announced yet but a temporary measure uh to, to until something permanent can be done and um just literally the very next day kentucky drops an absolute bomb on everybody and says you know what we're not even going to wait for the ncaa to do their business uh the governor of kentucky andy Bashir, puts out an executive he issues an executive order that basically says um if it's not a a direct conflict with with other businesses other attachments with the university of you know whatever school that you're at if, if there's no conflicts if you're not if it's not a pay for play type situation you're able to it's basically free reign you're able to do whatever you want student athletes will be able to start getting paid right away july 1st whether you like it or not nil is here and it is it's official so sean yeah, it's here to stay too just just kind of what does this mean for college sports and just the magnitude of all of this knowing that High-level athletes are going to be able to put money in their pockets. I went to I went to one of the the father-son camps at Lexington two weekends ago, and there's a kid who maybe first grade has on Anthony Davis Kentucky jersey with Davis written on the back of it. Kid wasn't even alive when Anthony Davis played at Kentucky. Wow! And and you know like that's that's money, Jack. Like 
that's, I go back and think about that. And I'm thinking how much money could some of these guys in the past made at Kentucky? And we're not, and I'm not even talking about the Anthony Davises or the John Walls. I'm talking the in-state kids like a Dominique Hawkins. How much money could he have made or Derek Willis made from just in-state alone? Uh, I think it's huge. It's huge for the college game across all levels. Like Mitch Barnhart was just talking about, you know, that the, the social media Im- impact of athletes in Kentucky. It's not a basketball player with the biggest following. It's Kentucky, Kentucky. It's a track star. So you, th- you take in social media too, like endorsements and things like does somebody hold up old spice and tweet out something about old spice here and there, but th- they're getting paid for it. And it, it needed to happen. These, these kids, they, the university makes so much money off of it. Uh, businesses profit off of it. I mean, everything like these kids deserve to, make money off their name off the a jersey with their number like people didn't buy 23 jerseys because michael jordan wore 23 23 because he didn't play kentucky jack they they bought jerseys because anthony davis wore 23 jamal murray wore 23 john wall wore 11 that is what makes the significance the university pockets money now it's time for these athletes to do it as well and there's been this kind of theme. You look at the comment section on different websites and you look at uh, Facebook comments and other, other, these, all these other places. And there are these comments that are basically like the worst day to, in the history of college basketball. This is the worst thing to happen to sports and ever. And it's just like, well, one, this has nothing. They're like, and it's not, there's another theme that's basically like, well, if, uh, if these students, student athletes are able to get money, uh, then they need to pay for their own scholarships. They need to pay for their own tuitions. They, if, if they're not going to get, if they're going to uh, have scholarships, they, they can't make money and vice versa. If, if, if they're going to be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness, then they need to pay for their own tuition. And I'm sitting here thinking, so if Billy Bob gets a full ride academic scholarship to the University of Kentucky, he can't go work at McDonald's or he can't go, uh, you know, make money off of his whatever, you know, an Etsy account or, uh, you know, branding him, however you want to brand yourself. Why does BJ Boston, why can't BJ Boston have the same financial opportunities and money-making opportunities as another full ride scholarship individual, just pure academic scholarship individual at the university of kentucky why there there, there's no it's the money's not coming from the university of kentucky it's not going to hurt the university of kentucky in the long run at all it's going to help this program in ways that fans have no idea the brand of kentucky already sold itself and now there's going to be money on top of it tons of nike money uh you you know all the high level endorsement opportunities that that the brand of kentucky basketball is going to present uh local opportunities uh kind of regional opportunities massive national opportunities this is going to be a money making just extravaganza for these kids and there's still some old codders out there that are like, this isn't, this is the worst thing to ever happen to college basketball. No, you have no idea what you're talking about. This is amazing for the student athlete. There's nothing that like, there's, there's no justification why kids shouldn't be able to make money off of their own name image and likeness. If you're able to go down the street and make your own money doing the exact same thing, why can't these kids? Imagine how much money Sidney McLaughlin would have made at UK. Uh, Absurd number. Yeah. And it's, it's not just basketball and football. It's across the board. These athletes, Madison Lilly, you go down the volleyball list, like all of these athletes would profit. And, and, and that's another thing, too. Somebody replied to the Facebook page yesterday when I posted 
uh, the original story and with quotes from Stoops and and Cal. And they were like, well, how, how is this fair, though? You know, it, it's going to be the same as the pros. The quarterback's going to make the most money. And all You're right. It's the same as the pros. Your stars are going to make the most money because it's they're life. the stars. It's That's life. That's everything. Life. Exactly. That is everything. But every person on a college roster is going to have the opportunity to profit in some form. And you're, you're talking Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. Social media will be used. Those platforms will be used. And you see all these athletes all the time on TikTok right now. I mean, Kentucky basketball players on TikTok. Dante Allen's TikTok pops up every day in my For You. Like, those guys have opportunities now. And we're talking about some athletes that will never play a professional. They'll never play professionally. But they're still going to be able to make money off them, their name, their image, and their likeness while in college across the board. And this was a move that had to happen, Jack, you know, Bashir putting this out and stuff, the executive order, because we were already talking about you know, there was some concern there, a lot of concern that Kentucky was going to kind of fall behind, that other states were allowed to do it. Kentucky's not. It's Kentucky, but at the same time, there's money attached to the other schools. And where were kids going to go? They were going to go where they could make money during college. Like, that's that's why it had to happen. And I've said on this show before that the University of Kentucky has had a, a, a name, image, and likeness plan for a long time they have you know whatever cal uh, and the assistants were saying publicly like oh it's so early we don't know the specifics of all of it kentucky has had a plan uh, basically no matter what the situation was they had a backup plan they had a uh, an uncapped you know if this is truly going to be a free market opportunity where these kids are going to be able to make an uncapped amount however much they want to make however much they can make good for them there was a, a plan for that there was a plan if it was capped at like two hundred thousand uh, dollars because there's a lot of talk with depending on how fast the NCAA was going to um, implement this stuff that that the NCAA may have before uh, some of these other states kind of put their foot down and said, no, it's uncapped. What we're, you know, it, it wouldn't be a true f- free market uh, if, if it was capped in any way. So, but they had plans for uh, if it's uncapped, if there was a $500,000 limit, a $200,000 limit, a hundred thousand dollar limit, Kentucky had plans for everything across the board. They were just waiting for the final, go ahead by either a like what Andy Bashir did an executive order an official announcement by announcement by the NCAA legislation uh, just passing in the state like some of these other the other six states had already passed their stuff Kentucky was so prepared for this opportunity and just just giddy about the, the possibility and, and a couple of things too that you're you're going to have situations with this I mean going to make the most money and, and all this stuff on the football team and then whoever the star basketball player is going to make the most money so just thinking back in recent years you can you can think of who would have been the guys making the most right I mean Tyler Hero would have made a ton of money at Kentucky where as someone else on that roster would have made less like Emmanuel quickly his freshman year would not have made as much as Tyler Hero did their freshman year and I see I see Tyler Thompson talking about this right now uh, we're actually recording this as Mitch Barnhart's talking about NIL and everything with UK that Barnhart stresses the importance of locker room, you know, connection and guys not and players not getting jealous of another one's NIL deal. That's life. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Tucker quote tweeted it and says it's it, he rolled his eyes. They all want to be pros, right? 
this is being pros. This has yeah. been professional. It's the same thing in our jobs, right? Yeah. I mean, there's people, there's people at KSR that make more money than you. Yep. And that's just how life works. But you make more money now than you did two years ago. Yeah, I do. And, and that's the thing, like you get what I'm saying. That's life. That's, that's anybody's job. That's the people listening to this show right now. That's their job. Not everyone's on the same playing field. You, you work for it, you earn it, you do things to promote yourself and you benefit from it. And that's going to be the same market. It's just going to be in a, in a sporting world now. And just to show you how well-prepared the University of Kentucky is on this stuff, I was told that they are already preparing for, like, you know, the camp opportunities where there's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a Ty Ty Washington camp somewhere or a C.J. Frederick camp somewhere. You know, they're going to have individual player camps. But there's going to be – the way it was kind of described to me is that there's going to the, – the, the players are going to – the the main – key players that like if it's the tie tie Washington camp it's going to be the majority tie ties money but there's going to be some sharing involved with you know the walk-ons there's going to be opportunities for the walk-ons to make money with these joint camps there's going to be opportunities because they're going to be there to help out and it's going to be like these team satellite camps and goodness wouldn't it have been awesome if if they were able to push all this stuff up a, a month and and they could have started making money on all these satellite camps that they're already doing right now but some of these other camps and these other opportunities, it's going to be a, a trickle down effect that they are, they're kind of planning uh, th this, this idea of, of the, the kids that deserve the most money, they're going to get their, their, the most money, but they're also going to be opportunities for the kids lower on, you know, the players lower on the totem pole, you know, the Kareem Watkins of the world and the, um, you know, the, the, the walk-ons and, and, you know, even the, some of the lower end rotation players, those players are still going to be able to have money-making opportunities on top of, you know, whatever social media presence they have. It's Kentucky. John Calipari is not going to let any individual kid get left behind on this team. Every kid's going to have an opportunity. You know, he's the first person to say players first. I'm all about the kids. He's going to make sure everybody in this program feels wanted, you know, it, it, it like you said, it's life. It happens. There's going to be jealousy. There's going to be when, uh, you know, what will, we'll, the big topic of, of conversation is Jalen Duran right now. And, and we'll talk about him uh, very extensively right after this, but say Jalen Duran does come, he's obviously going to have more money-making opportunities at the top of the list. than, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, shoot Damian Collins or, you know, and any, literally any Bryce Hopkins, obviously Bryce Hopkins is not going to have as many money-making and, and the ceiling isn't going to be as high for, for him as it would be for a Jalen Duran. But there's still going to be – it's not going to be like Jalen's going to take all of the money and Bryce Hopkins is going to make $0. Everybody's going to have their fair chance to make a, a solid amount of money because of the way this program is built. Because it is Kentucky basketball and even the walk-ons carry, carry weight. I mean, think of Sam Malone. Think of uh, Johnny David. Those guys, there was – you know there was something to be said about, you know, being the walk on being, you know, Todd Lanter. There was something to be said about being the EJ Florio. Like every kid on this roster is going to be able to make a ton of money. And it's Todd Lanter's biceps. Remember that? Yes, exactly. <laughs> he, he would when they he, had that Twitter page. He's going to be able to make t-shirts with Todd Lanter's bicep on it and say, you know, here's my shirt for 10 bucks. Go come buy my shirt. It's, it's, it's life. This is, 
if I can go and make a stupid, you know, source of say podcast t-shirt with, which also that's a good idea. I'd like to see, see, our yeah, I don't like on. the, I don't like the name stupid in front of that. As I was saying that, I was like, man, I'd like to see that beautiful logo on a t-shirt. That'd look awesome. I'm going to get, Great like idea. A, I'm going to get a chain. You know how Brent puts the, the spinner thing there? Yeah. I'm just going to have it spinning around my neck at games this year. That's beautiful. I love that idea. <laughs> but if we are able to, to make t-shirts like that, these kids are able to, too. It's life. That's what, what, are, we, what are we talking about? It's, who, are, who are we talking right. about on this show? I, we we, we make money off problem. these kids. Our jobs are wholeheartedly because of, of these kids. And yes. I, will never, I, I will never not appreciate that. Yeah, these kids deserve it. They're the ones out there playing playing basketball. If we can, if we can make money off their performance, they can make money off their performance. Absolutely, and that's how I look at it. That is the absolute best way to put it. And so, and you bring up Jalen Duran, and I know that that's what you're wanting to get into next. Is where does this thing go, Jack? Because it the timing is perfect with this going into place. You know that John Calipari, when Bashir put that out yesterday, John Calipari is sitting there high fiving Chin Coleman, Orlando Antigua. <laughs> And they're gearing up, and you know, for the next three or four days, they're getting ready for what their pitch is going to be. And to me, that pitch should be this. It should be be the trendsetter here. You have an option, like yes, um, we've there's reports that a million dollars is what he's going to what he's been offered and stuff, G League, and things like that. Well, we don't really know what the cap is with this because it's so new, it's so fresh. You could see it being small, or you could see it being massive. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that you you pitch, you know, come to Kentucky, be a star. If you're Jalen Duren, you're going to – I think he has 41,000 Instagram followers. I'm not sure what his total following is. That's going to go up as soon as he commits to somewhere. There's going to be opportunities there. That would be my pitch. So here's the thing. I had a, a, a sit-down – you know, conversation with somebody inside the program, you know, just it, every summer I like to do, you know, the, the, the practice report type deals, uh, you know, where you just kind of get a feel for who's, who's playing well, who's, uh, you know, who's struggling, who's the furthest along, who's the biggest surprise, you know, just very vague. Uh, let's just get a feel for uh, how things are going in the program. And we'll talk about that probably in a different show. I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I think there was enough stuff in there to kind of make that its own individual show um because i mean there and i'll i'll get a bunch of bunch more updates you know probably next week i'll I'll tie in last week's um practice report stuff in the in the next weeks and we'll do a joint practice report show uh then based on what we're hearing but i was having this conversation with this individual and you know we were going down the list of players like oh there this guy's playing well this guy's uh you know doing really well there's you know you could just kind of see the team chemistry the bonding is is just 10 times better than it was last year blah 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 blah, blah. and this individual brings up i don't i don't even say jalen duran's name this individual brings up jalen duran's name and says he's our missing piece right now he's the guy that we are all kind of all in and invested on right now and it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, Jalen Duran is a guy that you make room for no matter what, but there's still six front court pieces already signed on the roster. You could look at this and we'll, you know, we'll talk about Davion Mintz here in a second too, but as things stand currently, there are 11 pieces signed on the roster, or I guess 12, 12 pieces signed on for the roster right now. It, you could, you could call this a complete roster and it's a very, very good, very deep, talented roster. You don't, necessarily look at the a, a need for adding anything right now for them to go out of their way to say 
yeah, Jalen Duran is, he's the guy that we're kind of, we're circling right now. We have, we're very, very, um, we're, you know, we're, we're all in, we're, we're all invested. He's the missing piece right now. The exact quote was missing piece. So for them to kind of bring that up on their own and say that these next couple days, this next week is going to be all in on making sure that Jalen Duran knows he's the biggest priority alongside all these NCAA reports, alongside uh, Andy Bashir's executive order with NIL, it just feels like we're building up for something. And I, I wrote this long 1,600-word feature on, on KSR earlier this week, yesterday, when, when the executive order was announced, that I basically I, – I went through Jalen Duren's pitch. I, I went through Kentucky's pitch for Jalen Duren. And I kind of went back – I found old quotes, my conversation with him at Pangos, where I said on this show that Jalen Duran is one of the most meticulous, the, the, the way he was so detail-oriented and business-first in terms of his decision. This wasn't a guy that was just like, yeah, screw it, I'm just going to go wherever. Uh, whoever's offering me the most money, that's where I'm going to go. Uh, or, you know, whoever has the biggest you know, platform for me to be incredible. That's where I'm going to go. He, the way he was describing, like, I, I care about relationships. I care about uh, the development. I don't want to just, you know, he was like, I don't want this to just be an eight month decision. This is going to be a 10, 15, 20 year decision for me. Uh, you, you know, I want to go somewhere that's going to put me in a platform to be a long-term all NBA type player in the league, not just a successful lottery pick in the, in, in college basketball. And I went back and listened to those old quotes. And then I looked at John Calipari's quotes and how he said, look, when name, image, and likeness comes around, there's not going to be another school in America that can compete with us. We are going to have the absolute gold standard with, with name, image, and likeness. We're well prepared for it. We're, we're, uh, we're well versed in it. Chin Coleman said, um, uh, Calipari works 27 hours a day thinking about NIL stuff and, you know, NFTs and cryptocurrency and all these different new latest and greatest things for these opportunities for these kids to, to have. Kentucky has positioned themselves for a player like Jalen Durant. They have, they have put all of their eggs in this basket for this opportunity, knowing, you know, the, the brand new coaching staff, the brand new NIL stuff, the, uh, you know, the, the need for a resurgence after a difficult year. There's, it feels like if there was ever one opportunity for Cal to look at this and go, yeah, we have six players signed in the front court right now. We don't need Jalen Duran, but if we sign Jalen Duran, this team is going to be special. This team is going to be a, a true national title contender. And, you know, it might hurt some players' feelings. Keon Brooks' feelings might get hurt. Jacob Toppin's feelings might get hurt. Lance Ware would obviously uh, kill a lot of his playing time. But this could be an opportunity for John Calipari to look at his team and say, we know what you just went through this past season. We know that this was an absolute nightmare you weren't able, you know, you were basically on lockdown the entire year, weren't able to go hang out with friends, weren't able to be on campus. Let's make up for it by being the most badass team to come through college basketball in a minute, in a long time. Why don't we add Jalen Duran? Let's, let's, uh, let's have just a, let's bring everybody back. Let's have a 14 man roster and say, screw it. We're all in on this team. Why not? This, this would be the opportunity to say Kentucky's back. You said it best. There, I mean, there are concerns, right, with, you know, people moving around. Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin would have to play some three, where we've been talking about all spring about getting away from, from having to do that. But Jalen Dern is a, a can't-miss guy. You, you have to make room for him. There's no coach in America that would say, no, thanks, man, we're good. Yeah. No, he, he's that good. 
And it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You know, Memphis is there. I know he just actually put up uh, photos from his visit and stuff to Memphis on his Instagram page. I'm sure you'll get the same thing from Kentucky. We obviously know that Miami's been there and stuff. So it's it would be a huge addition. Let's just put it that way. Like, I'm not going to sit here and downplay it at all. Like, if they get yeah. Jalen Duran, everyone changes their preseason rankings. Everyone. And Kentucky moves to the top of it, in my opinion. Like, that's how good he is. Man, and it would push – like, and he starts, and Oscar Shibway moves to the four. Like, they both start, in my opinion. And then you play – Jalen going to the four. four. However, how, however, yeah. And but, it, but what it does is, like, we have these questions about who is there to anchor the, the five, right, behind Oscar or alongside Oscar. Like, there's concerns there. If it's not Lance, is Damian Collins physically ready to do that? I think that Jalen probably sees a path to an opening there at Kentucky to where it doesn't hurt him. Uh, we've talked about this four-out-one-in look and stuff with Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin. Well, we see in highlight videos Jacob Toppin's knocking down threes and things. You know that they're making them take those shots. Like that is like expanding their game to be able to play the three is obviously going to be there, although we've been saying put them at the four because we think that's best with the pieces they have on the roster. Well, Jalen Duren's there. Uh, forget what all I've said about four out one in and all that stuff. You're still going to do it, but you'd never pass up on that opportunity. And never. Let, let me let me also say that Jalen is he plays alongside Derek Lively, who is a seven foot two, absolute freak of nature, Willie Cauley Stein type player. They play alongside one another for Team Final, who is going to win Peach Jam this year. Without a doubt, they're the best best uh, grassroots team in, in America right now. He is teaming up with another elite big man, and the, it is it, it's a beautiful pairing, an absolutely gorgeous pairing. Jalen is playing the four, Derek Lively is playing the five, and the thing that makes that pairing so special is because Jalen Duran, the most underrated aspect of his game, he's an elite passer. He's an incredible passer. So right now, he's ex he's working on expanding his game. Two years ago, a year ago, he was he was Bam Adebayo in college and, and in high school, where he was you, you throw the ball down low to him and he's going to bully you. He's going to you know throw his shoulders and he's going to go dunk in, in your face. That's what that's what Jalen Duran was before. He he is known for three years since the, since the minute he got into high school. I will always be more physically dominant than the person against me that's going against me. And he got sick and tired of literally just dunking on people all the time and, and doing that. He was like, I know where the NBA game is going. I look at guys like Bam Adebayo. I look at guys like Anthony Davis. I look at guys that have expanded their games once they got to the pros and, and leading up to the pros. I see what that has done to their careers. Anthony Davis, you know, has a 300 plus million dollar career uh, career earnings. Bam Adebayo just signed a $180 million contract. You go down the list, those type of players are making the most money in the league right now. He wants to be that type of player. He is working on shoot. you know, he took eight three-pointers at the, the, the Pangos camp where it's not like, you know, he's not taking, you know, three, four shots a game from three, but he is, he is taking one to sometimes three, three-pointers a game now. Uh, his mid-range game looks good, but again, he is such a, a, a a, a, an incredible passer that you can you can work with you know it might not be the true four out one in that Cal was was thinking about but he's versatile enough that that you can still do it's not like having two 
you know, anchoring bigs down low alongside Oscar Sheboy. You can you can do some some fun, versatile things when you have a guy like Jalen Dern on your roster. He is a guy that you say, again, you know, sorry, Keon, you're, you, we got to slide you to the bench. Or, you know, yeah, we might have to slide you to the three and make, uh, you, you know, Kellen Grady or, or uh, Ty Ty Washington or Sabir Wheeler come off the bench. You, you, you make everything else work if you have an opportunity to sign Jalen Duran. You take him and you say – and there's, there's other talk like why would Jalen want to go to a – you know, go on a roster that has six other, uh, you know, big men already signed and there's some other coaches that are using that as a negative recruiting pitch right now for Jalen and saying, well, we have a wide open – a wide open roster spot you will anchor the front court why if you're Jalen Duran why would you look at that and say oh I can go somewhere and walk my way to 25 and 15 a game averaging 40 minutes a game 35 minutes a game without any real development like yeah he can go anywhere in America with a wide open front court and and put up monster numbers he could he could do that if he wanted to but his primary focus right now is being the best for the NBA he cares about development he wants to be a a a, a long-term all NBA all-star type talent and he's not going to he's not going to learn anything if he goes to uh, uh, Miami and just puts up ridiculous bonker numbers with as many minutes as he wants a game. He could go to a place like Kentucky where he's constantly playing against NBA talent. I mean, think of the practices of Jalen Duran going against Oscar Sheboy, throwing, you know, throwing elbows on each other and just uh, – it, it, that would be like two, you know, middle linebackers going against each other, just, just mauling each other every day, every day in practice. You get better playing against elite competition. His goal is about developing and bettering himself as a player – the, it's hard to look at this and say this isn't the right fit. Kentucky isn't the right fit. I think Kentucky, without a doubt, has the best pitch for Jalen Duran right now. I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. When you're talking about NIL and who can market and where you can market yourself the best, it has to be Kentucky, right? Like, I mean, it's the the bluest of the blue bloods. Like, that is the the best way to market yourself. But – there's, it's crazy to think that we're this late into the summer and there's still some pieces. We're, we're talking about a roster, you mentioned it when we first started, that is already – it could be a complete roster as is. You don't have to add anyone to it. But not only is it Jalen Duren, it's Davion Mintz too, that we really don't know exactly what's going on. And at some point, I don't see both guys being there. I could still see where none of them – or neither one of them are there. But what do you think the chances are with Davion Mintz? as we transition into this, because NIL impacts him too. Not the same amount, but it definitely impacts it, right? And a decision has to be made pretty soon with the NBA draft because that's coming up, the deadline and stuff, within the next week or two. So July, July 7th is the, day, is the final day that he has to make a decision. So we are within the two-week window for him, yeah. a week-and-a-half window. And, and, the, and the decision with Duran's not going to take very long. Yeah, he told me that he was planning on announcing at the end of, at the, end of the summer. Because yeah. he wants to announce at the end of Peach Jam. He's a guy that he – whether he's going to admit it or not, whether his people are going to say it or not, he's reclassifying. Uh, Montverde just added uh, added another five-star big man uh, to, to play alongside their other five-star big man in the class of 2023. The, all, all of the things on the surface and behind the scenes are indicating that Jalen Duran is going to reclassify the – last thing that's that's left is them just admitting that it's happening it's going to happen you don't get a guy as good as he is actively working academically to 
to put put those things in place to you know solidify that opportunity he's going to reclassify so yeah I think we're going to get a decision from him after Peach Jam, probably in the, the couple weeks after Peach Jam. Because, um, you know, if he's going to make that jump and he's going to go to a college campus, he's going to need to decide that soon, right? Like, he, yeah. he's these these teams are, 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 you know, Cal's now a month into practice or at least workouts and pickup games. We're a month into it, uh, you know, a, a week and a half into, into practices right now. So, you know, they're going to want him on campus, as you know, sooner rather than later. But you bring up Davion Mintz, and, and that right there, I think, is the 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 ultimate, you know, that this NIL stuff might have been a game changer for, for his decision, just in terms of right now, you know, he's going to be a, he's going to be 24 years old going into this college season. Uh, you, you know, this basketball season, whether he signs pro or goes back to college, he's going to be 24 years old. His, you know, he's not getting any younger. His basketball time clock is ticking right now. He has to decide, do I need to start capitalizing on, you know, putting food on the table and making money for my family? Or do I go back to college and live one last, you know, get one last hurrah, you know, live one last glory year in Lexington and, and get that full college experience. That option isn't there anymore. They're, they're, yeah. that, that back and forth, it's not an either or now. He now has both if he wants to go back to Kentucky. He can, and think of a guy that would capitalize off NIL more than anybody. He was a fan favorite last season at Kentucky. He about blew the roof off, roof off the place at Rupp Arena, uh, you know, several times <laughs> with, with 3,000 people. <laughs> 3, people there. Imagine what would happen with 24,000 people. This is the perfect opportunity for Davion Mintz. He's very clearly not going to get drafted. He wasn't even in draft, uh, invited to the Combine, wasn't invited to the G League draft, none of that stuff. He is – Remember – It's overseas or this option. Remember UK uh, photoshopping the cool mints? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Davion Mints could make his own mints, cool mints, you know, Davion yeah. Mints, you know? Yeah. I mean, he could. Like, it's, you it's you could. You, and make money off of it's it. It's And have them sitting right there on the at the concession stands at Rupp Arena. You don't know. Like, it's changed the game forever. The, the a bookstore, the, you know, you know gas, gas stations that will sell garbage T-shirts of, of – you know, how many gas stations have you gone to and seen T-shirts hanging up that are the most god-awful looking things that you've ever seen for five dollars? Why could why could UK gear not be in those same those same you know spaces for you know maybe more a little bit more expensive? But there's so many opportunities for these kids to put their stuff just everywhere, like you said, mints for Davion mints or you know. Jalen Duran selling T-shirts with his name on the back, uh, to you know, at the Fayette Mall, and you know some of those local UK fan stores. Like, I mean, the 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 sky is the limit with this stuff. And you look at a guy like Davion Mintz, who is truly deciding, do I want to get my professional career started now? I've been in college forever. Do I really want to, uh, you know, wait wait another year of not making money and providing for my family when? you know, my, my basketball career clock is ticking right now, or do I go back to college right now? He can do both. He can go back to college, probably make more money now in college than he would make even overseas overseas. He'd probably get a, you know, hundred thousand dollar contract, $200,000 contract, whatever. He's going to be able to make that in Kentucky. He, he, there, there's no doubt in my mind that he could, he could sign deals and, and really brand himself in a positive uplifting way he's he's a a loving personable kid that you know 
he, he's made for an opportunity like this. And I think you look at his situation, you got to be like, man, how does he not turn? How, you know, maybe, maybe he's just hell bent on, on leaving and, and doing that. But if, if that were the case, maybe he would have already turned pro. It just feels like he's waiting all this time, making sure, you know, crossing all of his T's, dotting all of his I's just to make sure that the NBA option, the professional option, isn't what he needs to do before ultimately going back to school. It feels like with this NIL stuff, that Davion Mintz is going to ultimately come back. And that's not source information. I, every time I've had a conversation, it's been he's, he's 50-50. He has no idea what he's doing. He's 50-50. And I'm not yeah. even – I'm not going to try to keep, you know, pu- plugging away at that because it's very clear they don't – when it, when he knows he's, it's going to – people are going to know. Well, it's, nothing has changed. Yeah, that, that's like yesterday. I, I tried to dig into that, and nobody, like the source that I know that would know, didn't know, which yeah. tells you that it hasn't been decided yet. But – it's going to have to be decided very soon. I mean, it's something that we're not going to have to wait on uh, very long. But, I mean, it's, it's crazy thinking. You know, you brought it up last night on Twitter that his scholarship will not count due to the COVID rule and stuff. So, like, yeah. it doesn't factor into whether or not they, they have room for him and during if they want to. But if you get both, even if you get one, you can see things really start to get crowded. But um, I think Kentucky's left all op- options open, and I think uh, Davion Mintz has too. That's why the NIL stuff coming out when it is, it's, it's perfect timing right now. Yeah, it's – yes, it's going to be crowded. If UK adds adds Jalen Duran and and gets a returnee out of Davion Mintz, like, yeah, it's going to be absolutely crowded. There's going to be 13, and, 14 bodies in the And maybe room. we have some content to talk about when we uh, – Obviously, guest host KSR. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty solid surprise. We heard that on on the radio show yesterday. Matt said that when he goes on vacation, we'll be hosting KSR. So, listeners that, that like this show, I hope you are ready for that because we're going to hit we it. We need callers. Time. We need we're, callers. We're going to need all of you guys to be calling in. We're, we're going to need it. Uh, it's going to be our, our big big breakthrough moment, but we, we know we'll have uh, the support of the BBN behind us. But, yeah, I mean – We'll, we'll wrap it up there because, you know, it's, it's, there's so much stuff moving and we're going to need to get back on the show and, and we're going to need to talk, uh, you know, much more extensively about things here in the very near future. Um, so, so we'll just leave it at that as things stand. But, Sean, pretty, pretty significant news with the NIL and what it means for Jalen Duran, what it means for Davion Mintz, what it means for the current roster and just the whole landscape of college basketball and, you know, just final thoughts. There's, there's just no way that Kentucky fans can look at this situation and not go, this is an absolute goldmine for Kentucky basketball. This is only going to help the program. One, one final note for me. This is John Calipari's opportunity to do what he does best, which is be the first to do it. Yeah. And he has a golden opportunity right now. I know Penny Hardaway is going to be competition at Memphis. Uh, you know, Miami's there for Jalen Dern. But you know Cal has sat down. And I, I think this is something that Cal's been thinking about for a long time. There's no way that Cal didn't start thinking about NIL when NIL started being talked about. Mm-hmm. He's He educates himself in this, Jack. He talks to a lot of people. He talks to people who know and and give him advice. This is something that Cal, I think, has been really digesting and thinking about for a while, and I think they have a plan. And it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky is one of the the schools that is the most successful, especially early on when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah. You can either prepare for it or you can sit there and hate it. And if you're going to sit there and hate it, you're going to fail because you've got to learn how to use this to your advantage to benefit your kids. If you don't, you're not going to make it in this world the same way some programs didn't make it with the one and done. You've got to find a way to make it. 
And this is kind of the, the, the blueprint and the tool to where there's really no excuse not to make it now. Wholeheartedly agree with you. And uh, this next week is going to be probably the biggest we will find out is is it a stretch to say that we'll find out if Kentucky will be in a title contender in the next week like will because Davion miss returning you got to I mean, think that 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 moves the needle slightly well, as well well one thing too I, I don't want to short sell what they have I think that they're a final four contender with what they have as long as it fits right but yeah, you get one of those guys back, and then I think you're surefire. You're putting yourself in the conversation to be an Elite Eight last weekend of the NCAA tournament. You get yeah. Duran, I think you're a Final Four guy for sure. I think that's the, the level of talent because your front court then matches your back court to me when it comes to, to what you have. And then you got those versatile pieces there and Keon Brooks. And I, I made this – I'm okay, I made a big-time thing about Jacob Toppin last year. You remember sitting in Starkville I when remember. I went off. Well, I'm – I think he's going to be hard to keep off the floor this year. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I, I even said it on Kentucky Daily that I, I think by the end of the year he starts. Wow. And I just I, – I really like what he's doing. I, I think I think developing a three-point shot is something he's worked on this summer. And the one thing that stands out to me, Jack, I, I don't know how much you've been at. I know we've not been at the same side of light camps and stuff and the same media opportunities – but the one thing that Kentucky fans are going to love about Jacob Toppin and you're finally getting to see it is that he is personality is one of the best on the team. I got to see it in the first camp and I got to see it in the most personality and how energetic he is. And I think that that's a guy that we didn't get to see this stuff last year from the, from these guys, they were hidden behind the COVID wall. We're finally getting to see who these kids are. And I think that's a guy Kentucky fans are going to fall in love with. You, you kind of really don't even know any of these guys right now. Fans don't know Lance Ware and Jacob Toppin. These guys, they haven't got the chance to. Now they get to. Yeah, and I'll, I'll end with this. I talked to Jacob Toppin's trainer. I know he put a, a couple videos out of Toppin working out this summer and showing off an improved uh, three-point shot and kind of turn around jump shots and pull up mid-range and, and those sorts of things. And I, I had a – long 15 20 minute conversation with him the other day and he is very 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 high on Jacob this year he's worked with Serge Ibaka he's worked with uh, you know other very very high profile uh, NBA players and and he firmly believes that he is uh, on his way to becoming something special so I, I do agree with your statement I, I think that he's going to be a special player I think he's this at least putting himself in position to be one of the better six men in the league. I think, I think that he can be that every bit of that. I think that's a very, very, very fair statement. So with that, we will get the heck out of here, Sean. This was a lot of fun, plenty of big news to discuss and we'll be back uh, very soon. As soon as the next big piece of news comes out, we'll drop another show here. Uh, so and one more note, too. It, it sure seems like I, I got out of that Mitch Barnhart interview after about five minutes because we had to get started. But it sure seems like from everything that I'm reading by people that work with us that he tiptoed around NIL a lot, which is probably not the best thing he needs to do. Yeah. yeah like, you, you, you don't want to tiptoe around this thing. You need to just fully on and full on embrace it and accept it and kind of like Kyle Tucker put out, kind of be innovating in it and yeah. just lead the charge with it. You have to be. If you're not – then you're falling into all that stuff that we just said. Yeah. With, I mean, with all due respect to Mitch, it's going to be Cal calling the shots with this. Uh, on, yeah, and on Stoops. The, with, the, with the basketball program, yeah. it's going to be Stoops calling the shots. So 
it doesn't work. If, if it were Cal kind of tiptoeing around things, that would have me a lot more worried just because I, Cal has so much weight and so much power in his voice and, and what he says at the end of the day ultimately goes. How, mu- how much power does an athletic director have now? I, I, mean, I mean, there's still, still some power, but how still, much, yeah. though? This shifts power to the athletes, right, and to, to kind of coaches in that setting. By, by, by far, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so plenty to keep keep your eye on here in the next couple of days. Definitely keep your eyes peeled, and uh, you know, make sure that you're subscribed to this channel, and and uh, you know, leave a five star review, and and let us you know let, let us know what you think about the show. Hopefully, all good things, and uh, keep your eyes peeled for another edition of the Source Say podcast. We will be back very soon, Sean. Before we get out of here, where can fans find your work? You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the next edition of Sources Safe Podcast. We will see you then.